1: It's from in Christ that the plans for creation came and by him he was the builder and for him he is the owner and it belongs to him and it's used to reflect his glory.
2: Pastor Leighton Sheely is continuing to take us through the book of Colossians on another edition of Study Verse by Verse. He's the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno on the web at highlands.us. Those things that you, quote, own, end quote. Whose are they really? And how do you use them? What values do they reflect? Pastor Leighton is going to talk about that and how our actions with those things reflect Our true attitude. The Bible calls it the supremacy of Christ. Here's Pastor Layton.
1: But sin came in and man never achieved his destiny. By using this word of of Jesus to describe Jesus, Paul in effect says, look at this Jesus. He shows you not only what God is, he also shows you what man was meant to be. Jesus is the perfect manifestation of God and the perfect manifestation of man. Now it's very, very important that I clarify something here because I don't want anybody to leave with a misconception. Uh, William Barclay here is not suggesting that man was meant to be God, but rather, and let me see if I can phrase it this way, that we were intended to be like Christ. Okay? That we were intended to be like Christ. Listen to what the Apostle uh, John wrote in 1 John chapter 3. What marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We're called children of God. And that's who we really are. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously. Because it has no idea of who He is and what He's up to. But friends, that's exactly who we are. Children of God. And that's only the beginning. Who knows how we'll end up? What we know is that when Christ is openly revealed we'll see Him. And in seeing Him... Become like him. All of us who look forward to his coming stay ready with the glistening purity of Jesus' life as a model for our own. When we walk with Christ, then we become more like him. Paul wrote, For whom he foreknew, he predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. Now, that would have been something that would have come up in the, in the thoughts of those who had a Jewish background because they knew the Old Testament and they knew the creation story. But we're told that many of the believers in that church were probably Gentile, which means they didn't have that background. But something else would have come to their mind, as William Barclay again uh, points out. He says that when a legal document was drawn up, such as a receipt or an IOU, it always included a description of the chief characteristics and distinguishing marks of the contracting parties so that there could be no mistake as to their identity. The Greek word for such a description is icon. The icon was therefore kind of a a summary of the personal characteristics and distinguishing marks of the contracting party. So then Paul is saying, you know how if you enter into a legal agreement there's included an icon, a description of which you may be recognized? Well, Jesus is the portrait of God. In Him, you see the personal characteristics and distinguishing marks of God. If you want to see what God is like, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. You know, it wasn't too long ago that uh, we had two men in our congregation that both had exactly the same name. And so when you start talking uh, about them and you use their name. Somebody in the conversation said, wait, wait, which Bob are we talking about? And you had to d- give some descriptions that say, oh, that's the Bob we're talking about. So everybody knew who we were talking about. Well, in the broader legal sense we, today, we use dr- driver's license numbers and social security numbers and stuff like that uh, for this. But back in those, uh, those days, they used the icon. And then he goes on uh, from Christ's relationship to deity to Christ's relationship to creation. And he's going to come back to deity in a bit. But he says that Christ is the firstborn of all creation. And and the mistake some people make is that they think the word firstborn always means born first. They think that firstborn always means born first. Which it can, but not always. It's also used as a title meaning of first importance of first rank. And that's how it's intended here. And and we know that for a number of reasons, including the fact it's used more than once, and that's the only possible way it can be intended. Now Jehovah's Witnesses and other cults will come to this verse and misuse that word to suggest that since Jesus was first born then He was therefore created. If He was created therefore He was not eternal. But we know that this word doesn't here mean born first, it means a first importance. For instance uh, God referred to Jacob as being firstborn, even though he was a younger twin to his older brother Esau. And he referred to Ephraim as firstborn, even though Ephraim was younger than Manasseh. And he refers to the nation of Israel as being his firstborn. Now we know that Israel was not the first nation in the history of the world, but it was of first importance to God. Now the word here means before all creation, that he existed before any creation. And the Apostle John gives us these words at the beginning of his Gospel, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Nowhere in Scripture does it teach that Jesus Christ came into existence at Bethlehem. We're told in the prophecy of Micah 5:2 that He would be born in Bethlehem but come from everlasting. And that famous passage in Isaiah 9-6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. A child is born, but the son is given out of eternity and came to take upon himself humanity. So in Christ Jesus is called the firstborn of all creation. It's not referring to his birth, rather that He has top priority and position. Uh, Next verse, "...for by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him." So He goes on here to explain that all things were created in, through, and by Christ. In, through, and for Christ. And as I was going through and studying in preparation, I I came across this insight as to the meaning of those words. Uh, One scholar wrote, several steps are involved in the construction of a building. First an architect is obtained to design the building and prepare plans and specification in accordance with the desires of the owner. And then the plans are submitted for bids by contractors and a builder is selected and then after the completion of the building it is occupied by the owner and, and used for its intended purpose. Our Lord is not only the builder of the universe he is also its architect and owner. All things have be, been created in him. It's from in Christ that the plans for creation came and by him he was the builder and for him. He is the owner and it belongs to Him. And it's used to reflect His glory. Now also notice He has two categories here, those in heaven which are spiritual and invisible and those on earth that are material and visible. And because the false teachers believed that the material or physical world was evil, they thought that God could not have created it. And if Christ were God, as the Christians claimed, then according to their reasoning, Christ could only be in charge of the spiritual realm. But Paul here clarifies that all thrones, dominions, principalities, powers in heaven and earth, both visible and invisible, are all under His authority. He is Lord of all. Verse 17... And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. He's the antecedent of creation. He is before all things. He is not a created being. He is not a creature. If he was a creature, then he would have had to have created himself. Because all things were created by him. And that would mean that he'd have to exist before he existed. Which is not possible. He is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. He's not only the creator of creation, but he's also the sustainer. That everything's held together and in order and prevented from disintegrating into chaos by him. That there's nothing that's independent from him. The word that's translated hold together there means it it, it functions in a logical way, it's an order to it, it's not chaotic. All of the systems, all of the laws, all of the order of our universe that holds it together and keeps it from going into utter chaos are not only scientific laws, but they're also divine design. God is the God of order. Now John Corson wrote an interesting law of science known as Coulomb's Law of Electricity says that like charges repel. You can prove Coulomb's Law by pushing the positive ends of two magnets towards each other and feeling them repel each other. Opposite charges attract, like charges repel. But there's a great mystery. In the nucleus of the atom, protons are packed together that are all positive charged particles. So what keeps these positive charged protons from repelling each other like magnets? What holds them together? What holds the atom together? Science doesn't know. You can study quantum physics and learn lots of hypotheses and theories and yet to this day it's a mystery to scientists. But not the believers. for Scripture tells us the answer. It is Jesus Christ who holds all things together.
2: Pastor Layton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno is continuing in the book of Colossians, a short book packed with a tremendous amount of information and guidance for those of us who are believers today. If you can join us tomorrow, that would be wonderful. We'll be here at this same time. This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. This is the time of year when a lot of families are thinking about education. The children are just about to go back to school, and maybe you'd like to make a change. I encourage you to go to that website, highlands.us, and link through to Highlands Christian Schools. That's Highlands Christian Schools. You may find the answers to all the questions you've been asking regarding education. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for joining us. We will be back tomorrow, and uh, Pastor Layton will open the Word of God once again to the book of Colossians, and we'll study verse by verse.